Lob it up to Rudy, put it down. Mitchell three. Yes! The rookie comes alive! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hashtag Jazz. My name is Jason Walker, and I'm joined by... Trey Sanders. Yep, as always, we're the two goons, the two villains, two good guys. I don't know. Do we need a nickname? Mm, no. <laughs> Just not, the, no. Not one that I can like <laughs> think of right now. We'll, we'll come up with something. You know, the Jazz Brothers. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that. That's not the worst idea I've had in in my life. But I feel like somebody else has probably taken it somewhere in history. Anyway, somewhere. so. Uh, we are a little late uh, on the podcast. That's mostly my doing. Well, it's all my doing, actually, because uh, I had a, a family emergency over the weekend. It was a good family emergency. Um, my oldest brother um, and his wife adopted a baby, and it was just born. So it was a very good family emergency. So the, Wouldn't that be like a, a family well, – that's not an emergency. That's well, it was, more like... it was an, I say emergency just because it was very sudden. And ah. it wasn't expected. Because, um, yeah, emergency doesn't quite seem to fit the, you know, the the tone of yeah, it. Yeah, like well, because when you emergency. say emergency, you think, oh, no, the, the dog died or grandma fell down the stairs and can't get back up. Yeah, I just couldn't think of another word. So we'll just go with a good <laughs> family emergency and we'll just assume that my lack of vocabulary um, gives me a pass or something. I don't know. Eh, but, we'll forgive you. <laughs> Uh, I hope you do. But with <laughs> with the Jazz, uh, looking at, you know, it was a bit of a down week last week. The Jazz lost a couple of games. Uh, they bounced all the way down to eighth because that's just how the playoff race works. But now they're back up to seventh kind of by default because they have only had a couple of games these last few days. They're going to have like three days of rest by the time they play Boston on Wednesday. Yeah, they played Sunday. Yeah, they, they didn't play again until tomorrow on Wednesday. So things are again looking up, and the Jazz's playoff chances, I've seen playoff chances as high as 95%. And we could have the Jazz clinching the playoff a playoff berth by early next week, depending on how things happen. We've only got eight games left. But, Trey, I mean, tell me a little bit, what do you think of the remaining schedule for the Jazz? You know, which games are we thinking are the most winnable here? Um, I mean, all of them to some extent. I mean, Boston, they're, you know, they're going to be a bit of a challenge, but they're coming into our house, um, and we're, we're riding a high after beating a very, uh, awful Warriors bench. Um, so confidence is going to be sky high. You got the Grizzlies coming into town. It's the Grizzlies, which, which is weird saying because, the Grizzlies have always been really consistently good. Um, I, I actually like the Grizzlies a lot. Um, and then the Timberwolves, I mean, they're most definitely going to be looking for some revenge uh, on their home floor. No Jimmy Butler still, but uh, you can I, I can almost guarantee that uh, we'll see another body check from Jeff Teague. Um, the Lakers, I think... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, didn't they just lose Isaiah Thomas again because of the, his hip was flaring up? I believe so. I believe I heard the same thing. And even then, I'm not sure how much of an impact Isaiah Thomas has had. 
Um, granted, I have not watched the Lakers very much. But I've not heard anything about Isaiah Thomas, so I'm assuming that just means he's still flying under the radar because he's not really back yet, which sadly was kind of what I was thinking would happen this season with him. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, the, the Lakers are kind of, I guess, more or less, I wouldn't say surging, but they, they're playing the best basketball all of this season, which is good for them, I guess. Um, don't really care. I, I just wish that team would disappear. Um, that's wishful thinking. Uh, and then the Clippers, I mean, man, the, the you talk about two teams with a hell of a, a, a hill to climb. Uh, it's the Clippers in Denver. I mean, we don't have to play Denver for the rest of the year, but um, I, I don't see I don't see the Clippers coming into Salt Lake and grabbing a win here. Um, Warriors, they're still going to be without some key players. I, I mean, I, I would be surprised to see. Uh, the likes of Draymond Green and Clay Thompson in that game. KD's coming back Thursday, I just saw. Um, but he's still healing from a broken rib. And those things, I mean, you get hit. That's 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 still tender, you know. So, honestly, the biggest thing, the biggest scare for me right now is the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers are just really, really good right now. Yeah, and that's, that's the final game of the year, and that... It'll be interesting to see, because those last two games with Portland and with the Warriors, those are the two games that are the most losable, at least at face value. But, I mean, you talk about the health of the Warriors. By then, the Warriors may not even want to play some of their key players, even if they are healthy. Because right. the Warriors are, what, eight games, eight and a half games, I think, ahead of the Trailblazers? If you know if the Trailblazers won all the rest of their games and the Warriors lost all the rest, I think the Warriors would still end up in the second seed. So they really have no motivation to play their players, especially in the last like two games. Again, considering their health, and I, I wonder with the Trailblazers if they'll end up resting players that last game, because the healthy Trailblazers teams, like you said, that that, that scares me. Because they are super hot right now. We've won the season series so far. We're 2-1 and one against them with one game to play. But we haven't... Uh, the one loss um, was actually like it ended our win streak. Our 11-game win streak. And then the Trailblazers have kind of used that and have been really hot. They went on like a 12- or 13-game win streak. They, they've won 8 of their last 10 games. And it's put them in third and it's possible we may end up singing them in the playoffs but i really think those last two games could turn from not winnable to very winnable based on circumstances of resting players especially considering the trailblazers they basically lean a lot on mccollum and lillard and they may want to rest those two guys or at least restrict their minutes yeah, and they've they've pretty much punched their ticket. I mean, I, 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 unless there's a complete meltdown, I mean, I don't see Portland out of the playoffs any at, by the end of the year. No way. Yeah, I think that, I think if they win a couple more games, they'll be guaranteed. I think, just just a couple more wins. But yeah, really, like like look, there's only a few games. 
other than those two that I'd really think are losable. You know, I always with the Clippers, there's just something about the Clippers that seems to make us melt down. I don't just in the regular season. It seems like last year we managed to get a playoff victory, but I think we were either zero and four or one and three against them in the regular season that year. So I was really surprised when we pulled off a playoff win, a playoff series win. So you just never seem to know with the Clippers. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, and I think Doc Rivers now has a huge chip on his shoulder against us for for uh, eliminating him in the playoffs. Yeah, I think just in general, yeah. And now he's probably got a chip on his shoulder because he's got to move on without Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. He's basically got a shell of his former team. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go coach another team. He did it with Boston. He'll do it again. Yeah, <laughs> he he might be on his way out after this season. So, I guess another game that kind of scares me for no particular reason is that Memphis game. Because Memphis, they've beaten, I believe they've beaten the Nuggets, and I think they also beat, I want to say it was the Timberwolves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Timberwolves. Yeah, they beat him yeah. with, in the last couple of nights. So they've beaten two of the teams that are at the kind of the tail end of the playoff race. They're playing spoiler. So that is a game that we kind of overlook, especially after we flubbed that game against Atlanta. So we cannot afford to be allowing a team like Memphis. We need to go into that game and say, this team has potentially spoiled the seasons of two teams. We need to make sure that's not us because losing to Memphis – again, in a, in a close playoff race like this, could cost us. Maybe it probably won't cost us a playoff spot because at this point we're very likely to make the playoffs so long as we don't royally screw up. But that could be the difference between the fifth seed and the seventh or eighth seed, which is huge, absolutely huge. I mean, just, Yeah, just, totally. It, just putting that in perspective, that's the difference between playing the Thunder or the Warriors or Rockets? I mean, who would you rather play? I mean, that's, you, you can't be dropping a game like that. Yeah, that's tough. And I, I've seen this talk, like, going around um, of, like, people, uh, jazz fans, saying, oh, we should get, we should get the, we should play to get seventh seed so we can play uh, Gold State in the first round. I'm like, how is that a good idea? Like, I don't care. I don't care how banked up they are. Come playoff time, you bet. You best believe all those guys are going to be back in the lineup. I mean, Curry will be out, but you have you have four, uh, three All Stars on on your starting lineup. That is dangerous any given day. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Especially that thing about the All Stars. You're, you're talking three All Stars on one team versus, let's say, the uh, space the Thunder. Suddenly can't remember all the teams in the NBA. They have <laughs> two, maybe? Russell Westbrook, I can't remember. Did Paul George well, make they, it this they've year? Got, they've got Paul George and then uh, Carmelo Anthony. And, and Westbrook. Yeah. But I well, would And, and Steven Adams. I mean, Steven Adams gives Gobert fits. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he'd be able to handle it. Though Steven Adams has played very well this season. I, I do agree it would be a a compelling matchup, one that Gobert wouldn't just dominate. But, yeah, I, I totally agree with the with that, uh, you know, criticizing that sentiment of wanting to play the Warriors because, yeah, you think, oh, Steph, yeah, Steph Curry's not playing. 
excuse me, I about died there. You don't you do don't that. want to play the Warriors in the first round. Speaking of dying, because that's that's where it's going to end. You would lose in the first round playing against the Warriors. Would we put up much more of a fight? Yes. Would we get swept? No. Would we lose? Probably yes. Yeah. And and the only difference between a healthy Warriors and a Steph Curryless Warriors, I add the word probably in there. If he's there, we do lose. If he's not there, we probably lose. You don't want to play the Warriors in the first round. As compelling as it sounds, and as many of the arguments you can make, you have Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, all of whom would be in the running for best player on the Jazz if they were on the Utah Jazz. And they have three of them. Right. Yeah, I mean, Kerr's gonna Kerr's gonna give those guys a bunch of rests even before the. I mean, you, four games left in the year, he'll he'll be sitting all those guys. He'll just let the bench play out the rest of the year and then give those guys extra rest, and they'll be fresh coming to playoff time. That's 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 a recipe for disaster. Same thing with Houston. I mean, uh, Portland, same thing. I, I I feel a little more comfortable going in with a potential first round matchup with Oklahoma City. But with that said, Oklahoma City had our number this year. I think we only got one, uh, one, one win in the entire season series. Yeah, we yeah we went one and three. Different right there. We averaged eighty nine and a half points in four games. You know that that's not just one outlier game putting us down. We averaged less than ninety points against them. And granted, we held them under hundred points, but still, we did not do well against the Thunder this year and and I I don't know what it is by the Thunder. It was kind of like the Clippers last year. We just don't seem to be able to win even though you'd think we would be on their level, but somehow we're not. We we just yeah, managed that, we just that managed to lose them. That one's strange. But uh, yeah, I mean from 4 to 8 any of those matchups are better first round uh better first round matchups for us than the top three at this point. Yeah. So I should ask you this question of all those teams, who would you most like to see if there, if you could pick one, you'd say, I want to play that team. Uh, we're going to assume that you're not playing anyone who's in the eighth or seventh spot. Which team would you most like to play if they were to, make their way into the position where we'd end up playing them. So what you're saying, like one through six. Yeah. Probably one, okay. one through six. Um, man, uh, I would have to say, I'd have to say new Orleans, um, mostly because, um, you look at Anthony Davis. Yes. He's had an impressive season since cousins went out. But Anthony Davis is wholeheartedly the sole provider of offense for that team. Um, Rajon Rondo, he's playing like kind of like the Rajon of uh, the Boston Celtics era when they won the when they won the finals that year. But it's also Rajon Rondo. He's not he's not going to put up he's not going to light you up on the scoreboard. He's going to be able to dice you up on offense or uh, with his passes and his incredible uh, dribbling skills, but 
Yeah, I mean, if AD goes down or even if he gets tired in a playoff series, that that's a win. That that is a very I think that's an excellent pick. I do I agree that we would I would love to see the Pelicans most cuz we've had a lot of success and I you know, I agree that I think that you know, if you manage to neutralize Anthony Davis or even just neutralize the rest of the team, because it's hard to neutralize Anthony Davis. But something that's very interesting about Anthony Davis, and someone pointed this out, out to me, and I just pulled up the stats. The on-off-court stats for Anthony Davis. Um, the uh, the offense has a... Uh, see, oh, I'm, I think I'm looking at the wrong one. I think he doesn't have as big an impact on his team than I th- uh, yeah I started looking at the wrong one God, get your shit together yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not doing so well so it was actually um yeah he does have a good impact on both sides of the court but I think just really he can't necessarily carry the team by himself because I think just with the nature of him being a you know a power forward essentially power forward or center whatever you want to list him as it's a lot harder for a guy like him to carry his team than if you know LeBron James or Kevin Durant cuz i feel like this league is much more you know wing oriented and so he doesn't he isn't able to have as much of an impact on his team yes he's able to put up absolutely insane statistics. I mean, you just go anywhere and they'll show you all the different things he's doing. He's having the 30 point, 10 rebound or 15 rebound, you know, five block games. He's doing all that, but he's the only person on his team producing stats. And, you know, again, this is why I went and looked up the stats because somebody said that he had like a negative on off court rating, which I went and actually looked it up and I was about to see if it was true. And it's not right now. Maybe it was like since the All Star break or something. Um, but overall, he does have positive plus minus like on off court stats. But that's why I got all flustered there because I didn't know what I'd heard. But anyway, like again, like I do with, think I agree with you on wanting to play the Pelicans. Um, Unfortunately, that's probably the least likely opponent. It is te- uh, pro- possible, but it would have to be in the 4-5 matchup. Though they're technically yeah. still ahead of us. Yeah, it is unlikely. Um, but, I mean, it's like you, you can't you can't play. You can't. There's no way for anybody, like a team, to really like position themselves for a, the best matchup. I guess if it's like, you know, we have three games left of the season, let's let's uh, let's let's lay off the gas a little bit and see what happens, and then we could see what our position is like that. But nobody's gonna, no team is just gonna be like, okay, we're going for we're going for number five. That's our that's our target. We want five. Yeah, of course. You you never want to try and deliberately lose maybe a game or two to try and position yourself right with the team you want, which is kind of why wanting to be in the seventh spot is also kind of dumb too 
Because we have a shot at being as high as four, realistically, most likely at five. Uh, if you're looking at remaining schedules, things like that. Because we have tiebreakers over, I think, just about everyone five through eight. I guess excluding us. Although yeah, we've got the tiebreaker on Portland. We've got it on New Orleans. We've got it on San Antonio. And if we beat uh, the Timberwolves on um, Sunday, that will give us that tiebreaker. Yeah, so we, we completely control our own destiny. The Jazz do in terms of where they end up in the playoffs, or, or I guess as high as they can get in the playoffs. If they're lucky, maybe Portland goes on a bit of a losing streak. Maybe that that last game of the season, maybe that determines the three seed. Probably not. I highly doubt that. We'd have to win essentially all eight of our last few games. And even then, Portland would have to go like four and four in their stretch. Yeah, they'd have to have quite the free fall. Yeah, and, and, and I don't see that happening for how well they're playing right now. But um, Yeah, well, uh, looking at their schedule, they've got, they've got the Grizzlies tomorrow, then they've got the Clippers on Friday, they've got the Grizzlies again on Sunday, Mavericks, Rockets, Spurs, Nuggets, Jazz. Yeah, so their schedule's not bad. They've got, it's, Kind of like ours, I think. You know, you've got a mix of good teams, but several teams that are you should win. So I, I don't see the Trailblazers going. They might have. I think it is eight games. I'm trying to do a quick count, yeah, eight games left. So they'd have they would have to go four and four, and that would include us winning the final game. That would give us the three seed, assuming, again, we won all of our last eight games. Yeah, well, and you also got to look at the the Timberwolves here, too. I mean, they've got the Hawks tomorrow, Mavericks, us, uh, Nuggets, Lakers, Grizzlies, Nuggets. Yeah, that's one where, when I was looking at it, I was thinking, you know, I might want to root for the Nuggets in those games because... They're a team that's most likely going to end up out of the playoffs. But you know, I've been kind of on automatically root against all these teams, root against Denver, root against Minnesota. But those games, it'll you'll wonder who to root for because by the time it gets there, you might not know who you want to root for. Right. If that made any sense whatsoever. <laughs> Oh, Pelicans, they've got Cavs on Friday, Thunder on Sunday, Grizzlies Wednesday, Suns Friday, Warriors Saturday, Clippers Monday, Spurs is the last game of the season for them. That's a tough schedule. Yeah, a lot of these guys, a lot of these teams have tough schedules, and the Jazz, they have it relatively easy. Like I said, they're the two toughest games at face value on their schedule could end up being a lot easier based on circumstance. And we're playing the Lakers twice, who the only danger with the Lakers is they may want to play spoiler. But they've lost, I think, oh, I had them pulled up. I want to say they've lost like four out of their last five games and may have lo- just lost uh, one of their better players, at least on paper, and Isaiah Thomas. 
Okay, sorry, they've actually lost five of their last six, so it's even worse. Their one win being a seven-point victory over the Grizzlies. <laughs> so we're, we're playing them twice in the final the final eight games. One's at home, one's on the road. And then, you know, we got the we, we play the Grizzlies. And then we play some playoff teams. Yeah. But God, you know, we look at these we look at these upcoming matchups with the Lakers and uh again with the Grizzlies, and it's like, okay, yeah, they're they're they suck. But I got to point back to the Atlanta game. Like, what the hell is it about Atlanta that we just can't seem to stop them? I mean, we hell, we almost lost that game against Sacramento, you know, and they're not in any sort of contention for the playoffs. Uh, so I almost like I I wonder if those are just games that they went into it like ah no we got this we know we got this and then just really didn't put effort any effort into it. Um, so it's like, well, where's their mentality going to be moving forward? Because at the end of the day, this is a playoff push for the Jazz, and uh, there's been, there's a lot of miles on Donovan Mitchell's knees now. The Ricky Rubio, I mean, we talked about this last episode. The Jazz rely so heavily on their starting lineup um, that who's to say? come the time that we get to the Lakers for the second time before the end of the season, we're just out of gas. Yeah, that is a legitimate worry. And with Donovan Mitchell, he's never had to play this far into the year. He's always ended sometime in February or March. Right. Or, or even before that with high school. So he's doing pretty well, but you, you definitely could see him maybe just run out of gas, have a stretch of games, where he just can't shoot worth a darn. He doesn't seem to have any legs under him. You know, only time will tell if that happens, but if it does happen, like you said, maybe that Lakers game. You know, if guys are having bad games, then it it could again it could like I said, I won't think it'll cost us a playoff spot, but it could be the difference between playing the Warriors and playing the Thunder. So yeah, yeah. I I I'd like to see the Jazz actually beat teams that they're supposed to beat by a lot. You know, against the Grizzlies, if you're favored by ten points, actually beat them by ten points. But if you know if you're favored against the Lakers by ten points, actually beat them because we're better than them. And I think that will eventually come down to discipline and you know a mental toughness that. I don't think this team quite has yet. You see it a little bit in some of the players like Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert that are able to to power through bad games. But, you know, Donovan Mitchell in some games, he'll kind of go into hero ball mode and sometimes he'll keep missing shots and you know, have some bad turnovers. And those are things he's going to need to learn from because he has made a lot of a lot of dumb mistakes. With, yeah, well, but it, you could choke it up to him being a rookie, but... Yeah, I mean, that that's where I'd put all that, because he's been yeah. tremendous, but he he has made plenty of those rookie mistakes, which is to be expected. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I'm not trying to criticize him too much, but you can't just because he's been a spectacular rookie doesn't mean I, I you get to look over the the mistakes that he has made. 
For sure. And and he's aware of that. I mean, the Spurs game was proof of just his mental resiliency and the fact that he doesn't buckle under pressure. I mean, he single-handedly was responsible for getting us back in the game, tying the game, and sending it to overtime. I mean, he was all over the place on defense. He had that one three where he got doubled by Patty Mills and LaMarcus Aldridge coming down on a, I guess, a mini fast break, and he pulls up and, and makes that three. I, 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 I haven't like fallen out of my chair in amazement at a shot in a long time. <laughs> that shot was incredible. Because what was he? I think he was 9 of 24 up to that point. Yeah, he... That is one of those things that I've only seen from a handful of players. One of them being Russell Westbrook. That ability of, like you said, being 9 of 24. 7 of 25. Whatever you want to say. Some terrible shooting percentage. But then have that fourth quarter run where you go 4 of 5. 5 of 6. 6 of 6. And suddenly you've tied the game and are making so many clutch baskets, which is one thing I love about Donovan Mitchell. He's had plenty of games where he'll start the game one of four or one of five, and then he'll finish, you know, nine of 16 where he has a good second half, a good fourth quarter, which is just another one yeah. of the things I like about him. And it's why I'm less worried about having him lead us into the playoffs. Cause I'm always hesitant about rookies leading teams in the playoffs. I, I never really figured that it works as much because you need experience. And I'd still think that Mitchell might end up tailing off a little bit in the playoffs just because he's never experienced that environment before. But I am encouraged that it's possible he could step up in the playoffs just because that seems to be who he is. What he's shown all year is that he has that mental fortitude, you know, that, that mental fortitude that you need in the playoffs. Uh, the Mamba mentality, it, whatever you want to call that characteristic, you know, he seems to have it. But. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I am totally on board with him just embracing the playoffs. I think that that is, like, not only is that his goal, I mean, he's even said that he could care less about the Rookie of the Year trophy. He wants the playoffs. He gets to the playoffs, I think we're going to see a really, really focused individual. And... To go back a little bit, I mean, when's the last time you even saw a rookie lead a team in the playoffs anyways? I'm not aware of a single situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure that there is, but you, I mean, you have to probably dive through some stuff unless you know more than we do, which is possible, but... <laughs> yeah, if, if we had all those fancy sports statistic things, I, I only get to use websites and I have to search for some some things myself but yeah i'm not aware of any situation where rookie's yeah, been I, this good like it's unprecedented yeah there, there's been rookie role players but obviously that is nowhere near the same you're talking about a rookie who has a near 30 percent usage and it's right. stupid <laughs> it is kind of stupid he's the most used player on offense and he's a rookie He's the best offensive player on the team in terms of versatility. And it, it's just, and again, I always end up running out of words for him. It's just absolutely incredible. 
Yeah, I, like you could go through the whole vocabulary of uh, words that mean good or amazing or fantastic. I, it's just superlatives. Yes, <laughs> it's just I I I I love. We always gush about this guy, and rightfully so. But I just yeah, I gotta maintain that if we get to the playoffs. I think that he's gonna be focused as focus can be. I mean, he might have a bad like initial game, but the way that he bounces back from bad performances, he may not shoot lights out the next night, but he's doing all the little things and that's what matters. <clears throat> yeah. And when it comes down to it, when you look at the jazz as a team in the playoffs, you know, when people are talking about the, you know, the, Clickbait headlines that you don't want to see this team in the playoff or what team would like the Warriors or Rockets least like to see in the playoffs. The Jazz come up as that kind of name because when you look at them, they're a scrappy team. They're led by, you know, Donovan Mitchell's playing really well. He's deceptively good for being a rookie. I don't know if he's deceptively good anymore. But you got Rudy Gobert who's in there that can make life, you know, a living hell for any offensive player. I mean, you simply watch. I was watching uh, some highlights the other day, and, and even a little bit of game film. But you'd want it was the Warriors game where a player would drive towards the lane, would get to the free throw line. Rudy Gobert standing at the top of the restricted area, and they take a jump shot. They don't even consider going inside. And just all these different disrupting factors. You have guys like Joe Ingles and different guys who can just, you know, just uh, the way that the Jazz work, it's just you don't want to face them in the playoffs because so much can happen. We can get hot and we can go toe-to-toe with any team in the playoffs when we're playing all right. Does that make us an NBA Finals team? No. There's too many flaws with this team for us to be an NBA Finals team. But any team that plays us will suddenly be on upset risk, especially if the Jazz were to steal the first couple of one of the first couple of games, because we just have that ability to go nuts on teams if they open up the door for us, and if if the Jazz actually manage to take advantage of that. So, oh, play. totally. I, to beat to beat this team right now, you have to be you have to be you have to play the best basketball you've ever played. Because we don't, the Jazz don't make it easy on anybody. It's we move the ball just as good as anybody else on offense. Um, obviously, we don't have the consistency that like uh, the Warriors or the Houston Rockets do. But I mean, that offense is built on movement, and when that ball is moving, it's very hard for defense to do anything about it. And it's the opposite for us on defense. You we move the ball. Sure, but the Jazz are really good at getting back to their spots, switching on defense, clogging up passing lanes, getting hands in people's faces when they're taking shots, roughing people up before they even get the ball on those backdoor cuts, screens. I mean, you name it. They're banging you up. And uh, when Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell are honed in on defense, that backcourt is just insane. Yeah, and... Especially talking about defense, the Jazz make you earn shots. You have to earn open shots, and you have to earn every bucket that you make. 
It's like when you go inside on Rudy Gobert. If you make a shot on Rudy Gobert, it was a dang good shot you just made. It's not easy to do that. And right. the, rest, the rest of the team is just the same way. Like you said, go out there, they get a hand in your face. You made a shot, well, that was an instance where the offense was just really good and you can't stop it. And, again, I, I lost what I was thinking about. Oh, with the pace. That's one thing. I always talk about basketball kind of slowing down in the playoffs. That plays into Utah's hand. And if they can dictate the pace of a game, then you have a pretty good chance of losing unless the Jazz mm-hmm. are just shooting awfully. But when they're dictating the pace of the game and they're making their shots, that's one thing. Like if you're looking at the Warriors or the Rockets, that's what they'd be most afraid about because they play an up-tempo style. And if the Jazz are able to take that away, suddenly they have to grind out. And you know, even though both the Warriors and Rockets would likely win, very likely win in like five or six games. That's still a, a grinded out series where you're winning games by six or seven points, just grueling where you have to earn every bucket. That takes a toll on you and could hurt you in the next round if the Warriors, let's say the Jazz played the Warriors and the Rockets played, I don't know, the, the Timberwolves. Well, the Rockets, they might have just swept the Timberwolves. And the Warriors would have to play a grinded-out series without Steph Curry, having to earn every basket. And then in a couple rounds, I might catch up to them when they have to play the Rockets. So, that, right, that, yeah, it's, the playoffs is brutal, and right, rightfully so. I mean, that's that's when everyone is like in must-win mode. And and that's that's the mode the Jazz are going to have to be in now because they're essentially in the playoffs right now, I guess because. Every game, and again, it's not necessarily for a playoff spot. It's for the best matchups. Who c- Can we avoid yeah. playing the Rockets and Warriors in the first round? Can we try and play the Thunder or maybe the Spurs or maybe even the Pelicans? Like I said, I think both of us agree we'd like to play the Pelicans, at least that being in terms of a realistic opponent. Maybe even the Trailblazers. But all, all those are much better matchups than the Warriors or Rockets. And so if the Jazz want a chance at a, having back-to-back first-round wins, which I don't know the last time we've done that. Let's see, looking up really quick. Basically since the Darren Williams era. You know, the, the end of the, the Jerry Sloan era and back when we had Darren Williams. That's the last time we've managed to not only make back-to-back playoffs, but also win back-to-back uh, first rounds like get a win in the first round of back to back seasons. Hmm. But God, it's crazy to think that that was a, that was more than ten years ago. Yeah, it was like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. That was the last like good year of the Darren Williams era. Went fifty three and twenty nine. Huh. All right, so that's gonna about wrap it up for us. We've talked enough playoffs. We've rambled up. That's quite the storm, but we'll talk to you on Sunday, and we'll probably have more playoff talk. We'll have, we'll know more of what happened, and we'll be a lot closer to being able to answer the questions of, you know, if the Jazz will make it into the playoffs. We're kind of assuming they are, but they haven't made it yet. And then who we might play, how things roll out. But again, thank you for listening to Hashtag Jazz. I'm Jason Walker, joined as always by Trey Sanders. And thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.